Hello and welcome to the Spirit Talk Podcast, where we'll talk all things spiritual. I'm your host and the creator of the podcast, Brandy Bolton. Join me at looking at spirituality from many different angles. There will be no stone left unturned. From science and spirit to topics that some may call woo-woo, I will also discuss my own experiences as a developing psychic and medium. This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, Spirit Talkers. Brandy here. I hope you're all doing well. This new energy we're swimming in feels really incredible, at least at the time that I'm recording this, it does. I hope you're feeling a little relief within this energy as well. It is a new energy that we are in, especially compared to the end of 2024. And I am really, really enjoying it. Even though the weather is downright gloomy here in my part of the world, my spirits are good. And I don't know, I can't help but wonder if it is the grounding mat that I'm currently sitting on. If you don't have a grounding mat in your life, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm loving it. I'm sitting on it and standing on it whenever I can. And if you're new here, welcome. I do think there are quite a few new spirit talkers because I've heard from a few of you in the last week or so. Thank you for reaching out and sharing kind words. Uh, A few of you have shared that you've just found the podcast recently and are enjoying it. Thank you for the sweet messages. I haven't really taken steps to get more ears on the podcast other than just putting it out and There are probably all these marketing gurus out there who are so adept at it and good for them. I am setting the intention lately to harness the universal year eight energy. Remember, that's all about abundance and really business minded type energy. I'm really trying to harness that to be a little bit more that way. So we'll see how that goes. Speaking of, I've always used Android phones. I don't really know what I'm doing with an Apple. I know that makes me sound old or not with it. I don't know. I'm I'm really not amazing when it comes to tech. I, I can manage. I mean, I did manage to learn how to do this podcast all, you know, all on my own. So there's that. But adding the podcast to the Apple part was the hardest for me. And I just kind of did it and left it alone. And then in looking for places to shout out, uh, because I'm going with that at the top of the show, I saw that the Apple podcast is the biggest platform, I guess, Apple podcast. So a separate thing than iTunes, um, which started after I started Spirit Talk. So it is an analytics section I don't really look at. I looked and it's been ages since I've seen it. And wow, <laughs> I had a tear in my eye when I was review- seeing some reviews and ratings. I had no idea that were there. So as small as this podcast is, it sure is mighty. And that's because of you. You are so supportive of me. I am so grateful Thank you, Spirit Talkers, from the bottom of my heart. Here I am after four years of learning as I go and growing through experience. I can honestly say that this feels like the beginning for me in so many ways. So thank you for all of your support. 
when I looked at those analytics and saw the map of the world with downloads in so many places, it gives me this indescribable feeling of connectedness. And that really is a key word for this podcast, connectedness. As some of you may know from the Spirit Talk Facebook group, I am working on a new intro for the show, and I think I have to incorporate that word for sure. So with that, let's shout out letter B. Shout out British Columbia, my home province. I feel a warmth in my heart when I see that stunning province of ours lit up on the map. So shout out BCers. Thank you. And shout out to Bellingham, Washington. To be clear, I don't see specific cities on the analytics, but there is a listener who reached out yesterday from Bellingham. So shout out to her. And finally, shout out Bayern, Germany. If you were to ask me which country would be the fourth most downloads, I would have never guessed it would be Germany. Alas, here we are. Thank you, Bayern. Love you and welcome to the Soul Tribe. Thank you. Speaking of, you can come on over to the Facebook group and it is growing slowly but surely. It's been incredibly gratifying to see the community growing, sharing books, stories, card insights, dreams. We are in this together and I want you to keep sharing. There is nothing that is insignificant. I promise you. We're here to lift each other up, inspire, create, share, discuss spiritual ideas. So tell your spiritual besties and uh, shoot, tell them about the podcast too. Let's share and grow together. (laughs) Okay, enough of that cheesiness. Today we have a guest, Nicole Harp, and she's an animal communicator and soul painter. I am so excited to chat with her. I was lucky enough to get a communication uh, from my dearly departed dog, Rex, and he left this world nine years ago. So I feel really lucky to have connected to him through Nicole. And with that, let's get right into it. Please enjoy my conversation with Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so happy to have you on Spirit Talk. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Brandy. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? I was thinking about that today on mm-hmm. the way to, to to the show. I'm an animal communicator and a soul painter. I've always been an artist and I've always read energy. So always been intuitive. Animal communication is reading energy and consciousness. Mm-hmm. Painting, soul painting. Look at me, wax on, wax off. Um, <laughs> uh, soul painting is reading energy and consciousness. So, you know, consciousness, spirit, essence, whatever you want to call it, it's all intuitive work. I've always done the painting over 30 years. I went to an art school, VCU, top third school, and um, I've always painted and I've always painted intuitively, even though I was taught more academically, mm-hmm. but I've always been an abstract painter. So abstract, abstraction, non-representational for your audience, I don't know who but um, so you have realism that looks like something and then abstraction, which is um, more emotional based more about the feeling you get from it held to the same structural standards you know people think jackson pollock and my child could have done that mm-hmm. no they couldn't no they couldn't and they didn't you know what yeah. i mean so um yeah but uh but anyway so i've always been an abstract painter but the academia pushed me in a more like logical uh more confined way and i've never felt right doing that i've always been an abstract painter but the soul painting is a little different and i'm finally 
I'm finally hundred percent in my body and doing exactly like everything I've done until now. Mm -hmm. I've been teaching 25 years. The arts um, is all prepared me for this moment of being just um, interpreting the emotional and energetic imprint of humans and animals and anything with consciousness, soul, uh, interpreting their energy. And I do it in color shapes, forms, and uh, lines and strokes. So mm-hmm. I can tell you're really in alignment. I I feel that from you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, it's, it's nice to feel that way. I mean, I don't know. do you, do you feel like you are getting there? Yes. Yeah. Slowly, I, but I surely. feel like that too. I feel like you are. Yeah. It takes some time, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I feel like sometimes the people you interview help you do that. Is that true? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, so, so you were, as you said, in the art world and formally trained and teaching, and then you started soul painting. How did that work? Yeah. So, um, it's, um, so I wrote a book, Colors to Consciousness, which the story is a bit longer there. I'm going to give you the short story. Here's my book, big art book. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah, it's big gorgeous. 12 by 12 art book. It's, uh, it's all, I just, um, actually, Brandon, I'm just going to take a step back. Saturday, I just had a show. I'm having a show. It was the opening Saturday of 50 soul paintings. Cool. So, and that'll be up for six weeks here in where I live in Norfolk, Virginia. But the book is that. It's a documentation of how I got here, a little bit about why abstract art's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, then the 50 soul paintings that come with poems, which is what spirit wants the soul to know about the gifts and talents that they bring into this world. And then the last part is a kind of head nod or a hat tilt to um, creativity and how to find your calling and your creativity um, because everybody's creative. And what I've found out from painting everybody's soul is just that everybody comes in with this bright light, the light, bright light that you come in with. And somewhere down the line, it gets um, put on the back burner, it gets covered up or it gets uh, pushed back. And I think life is just about finding that again finding that mm-hmm. again we're talking about going home but coming home to yourself so oh my gosh so I don't want to take it I don't want to like run you know but there is like my mom's de- my mom's dementia is what brought this forward for me oh no please the answer to worry. your question don't worry about taking too much time we're here for it so your mom's dementia kind of threw your life up in the air did it so two years ago she was um, diagnosed with dementia And before that, about five years before I had really decided, you know, I've always been intuitive to turn it into, you know, a career. Let's, let's harness this uh, gift. Now I say gift, the talent that you have, make it better. So I took, um, you know, I'd studied mentorships and psychic classes, mentorship, um, mediumship with mentors. And um, I did a lot of human psychic reading. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my life's always been about animals. If you, Mm. on my website, there's different projects I've always always said what can more can I do for animals always Mm -hmm. so I started with humans and then I was like well humans are great but let me do some um but I morphed into animals and that's what I've been doing for the last three four years Mm -hmm. and I have thousands of animals that I've communicated with all different kinds mostly domestic so that opened me up psychically more excuse me and then my mom was diagnosed diagnosed with dementia and the dementia basically lifted a veil um and got rid of all her pretenses Mm-hmm. And the person and I was able to see, honestly, for the first time, I think mothers and daughters can be can be great. And it can also be tumultuous relationships with mothers and daughters, but Correct. you can't yeah. break their bond, right? Right. It's an incredible bond, right? And you almost can think, know what the other's thinking, but at times maybe it can be tough. But with her dementia, it actually let us heal our, our karma. Mm-hmm. And I saw right through to her 
beautiful consciousness that she came in with her beautiful love and light and it broke me wide open so during her dementia uh she was in the nursing home and with dementia you go in and out of kind of this world and you have a little foot in this world a little foot in the next and people who have had a loved one or a family member with dementia they can all relate to the story because it's it's very similar dementia can either bring out the child the beautiful child they came in like this love and light you know then there's the other aspect of it where they're saying cuss words that you know my mom never said that or my dad you know uh-huh. and or, or you can get both i mean it really depends what that soul wants to do before they leave my mom decided to heal some karma to be courageous and show me that part of her broke my heart wide open so during while she was in the nursing home she, I could see her staring off and kind of, you know, one foot in this world and one in the next. And so I was kind of moved to paint her heaven. And so that's on the cover of that book. But I painted this painting of heaven, you know, four different cool colored blues and three or four warm whites. And I hung it across from her in the nursing home. And that kind of was the impetus. Well, my mom was definitely the impetus for the first soul paintings. And then I painted mom and me. And then my spouse, I painted uh, her mother and, and her. And then my friends started seeing them. And before you know it, I was like 20, 30 paintings in. And I had this, the summer I was not not teaching. And in eight months, I painted maybe 70 soul paintings. I was painting four or five a day. They were pouring out of me. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't stop. And it's never, I've never painted like that. Do you we like get this? a little view of the butt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> For the listeners, uh, there's a cat. There's a, yeah. a beautiful cat. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, my feral, feral turned domestic cat, baby cat. It's an original name, I understand. Thank oh, you. Oh my goodness. She's a good girl. Oh, she's beautiful. Okay. Uh, so, so Nicole, wow. Wow. Okay. First of all, I want to relate to what you said about dementia i have done many readings myself for humans and one of the indicators or signs or essences i get that to me i go oh did your loved one who am whoever i'm reading did they have Mm -hmm. dementia because and what i experience through the spirit is they're going in and out so they do go to the other side so it's really amazing that you brought that up and that you felt that within your mother so you were using your intuition and psychic abilities to experience that kind of alongside her in a sense and through your paintings so it really sounds like you're truly channeling with how much it was coming out of you all those paintings after that like you opened a door a gateway huh I feel like everything, like one step at a time before that prepared me to open that gate. Like, you know, I, you know, I mean, there's no coincidences and everything's about timing. And that time was my mom showing me that side of her. I could do nothing but have, it was contagious. It was, um, it was just a, a bright, um, pure light. And all I could do was act in kind. And I just, um, was just could be nothing but compassionate, so compassionate to her and towards her. And I had to get straight on my thoughts and my beliefs about death and dying. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I tried to talk to her about heaven or spaciousness, you know, whatever we want to call it. That we, you know, we definitely believe that this isn't it. It's just it for the physical form. And I think that's what the uh, soul painting heaven is. It's this idea of spaciousness transcending the physical form. And uh, I was trying to give her a sense of that in this world. But I will tell you, there's all different levels of dementia. And my mom really knew what was happening, even though it didn't, she didn't show it on the outside. You could tell 
and she would come in and say something. She's my mom was a New Yorker through and through, born and raised in Manhattan, just mm. you know, sharp dress, classy, um, sharp wit, and Italian, you know, Italian wow. from Manhattan and um, Italian and French. And uh, she would come out with a, sh- uh, you know, a sharp wit joke and then just go right back into maybe she would then go into crying because she thought, mm-hmm. you know, we were going to take her to the trash. Actually, we pushed her outside and she was crying. You're going to take me and put me in the trash. I mean, so she went in and out. And yeah. um, when she was staring off, she would stare at the painting and kind of just smile. And I've always painted. So she knows my work. Mm-hmm. So even though she never said it, all parts of her underneath those layers knew I was there, knew that I was trying to give her an access point. Did you get the feeling that she had a resonance when she saw your version of her heaven, your channeling, your painting of her heaven? You know, I just know that she felt it and almost almost was enveloped by it. It kind mm-hmm. of, it, it definitely resonated. I mean, the look on her face and, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know. And it really wasn't the point, right? The point right. was... I really just to, to, to paint that. This is my interpretation of spaciousness, right? Mm -hmm. And heaven. And so I I guess you'll have to tell me when I get there, if that's what it looks like. Yeah. You know, (laughs) my grandmother had dementia, so I, I kind of understand some things that you're talking about. I did witness her kind of becoming somebody totally different that I didn't know. Like when you're saying, saying curse words and things like that, my grandmother would never swear or, or curse. And she was getting angry and belligerent and swearing for short periods of time during, you know, during her bad dementia phases. And, uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to go through. So sending love to you about that and that part of your life, definitely as well that's the disease but also part of that too is there's no filter because mm-hmm. there's no pretenses there's you know the veil's been lifted and it's yeah. just pure yeah it is what it is so part of that is just really lovely to experience Do that's you know what true. i mean i mean just because it's like i feel like we put all this you know it's like what if everything you thought about yourself was wrong what if all the negative you know tapes that you're playing in your head you know what if that wasn't true and kind of that's what i feel like a soul painting is it's like if we could see each other as the soul paintings which is energy light color instead of all the other labels and the you know the pretenses um or if you could see yourself even better you know mm-hmm. and 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 the, your pure essence is not that negative tape loop that we play and it's mm-hmm. not all the other stuff that we took on as we went through our family dynamics and you know trauma everybody has their own trauma and um the armor that we put on throughout mm. our lives so I, I guess this whole painting's here to remind you of that beautiful light that you come in and my mom showed me that and her spirit continues to live in every single stroke every single you know uh color I put on on a canvas beautiful. I think she was a huge part of my painting anyway because she grew up in new york and she supported me always wholeheartedly mm-hmm. i was her biggest fan she was my biggest fan and me her but um <laughs> but even now more what a great beautiful gift she gave me right you know then i'm going to continue to share her love and light amazing so, i'm grateful and i just love what you say like you're by doing these paintings seeing people's true essence and really cutting out the bullshit so to speak and yes and you have great compassion and you're seeing their light and their energy and capturing that on canvas I'd imagine it's quite healing for a lot of the people who receive their paintings my whole life's been about healing and absolutely I mean even when I teach I'm healing I mean I you know I I teach I taught Uh, college but I teach high school kids and it's all about healing I mean it's so dramatic and emotional for them but the paintings are healing you're seeing a side of yourself that you that I know and you're if you're ready to see it you remember 
or or ready to see again or have never seen but are willing to see it. And then the poems um, help in the word form. So the words are an entry point and the painting is an entry point to see yourself. And then there's the aspect of just like, it's a twofer for me because I love abstract art and not everybody understands abstract art. But if if I'm going to paint a portrait of you, if this is a self-portrait, my soul painting, and that's your entry point into living with abstract art, that that's a win-win. Okay, Brandy, so realism and abstract art. I'm not getting off point, but if you look at a, a boat with a lighthouse, pretty much, even if it's expressionistic, it's a boat with a lighthouse every time you look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, abstract art changes according to the state of mind of the viewer, mm-hmm. right? Whatever mood you're in, it'll change. You're going to see something different all the time. It also, you have to bring so much of yourself to the to an abstract painting to finish the story, to finish it top down bottom up to interpret it you have to bring so much more of yourself right because it's not black it's not black and white mm-hmm. you know what i mean but yes, it's always going to be a boat yeah. right yeah but this is never always going to be that like you may uh, and everybody sees something different in everything of course you know what you bring to it but the abstract part uh i, I love too because it's not literal and i love that it's not literal because mm-hmm. you know and it's complex and we're also complex so i feel like Wow, I love your passion for it, Nicole, and that really comes through. And I totally understand what you're saying about how uh, I could see my soul painting one day and feel a way about it. And the following week, I see something different and feel something different. And it bubbles up something within me that I hadn't had before. So that's beautiful and amazing. And so when you're doing the painting, you're also channeling a poem. Does it come at the same time? Or how does that work? So that's interesting. When I first started, I had to work out something with spirit, right? How can I do this? It's coming so fast. Mm. And I literally had to say to spirit, like, let's figure this out. So I kind of came up with a system um, when it was coming super fast and it slowed down a lot now. I guess like after number 70, it slowed down a little bit. Well, so it, what what was happening is I was hearing like, um, like you do psychic work or mm-hmm. so same thing. I have done it for that for humans and you get your information and I'm getting it while I'm painting. Mm-hmm. And it's too, I couldn't write it. And I would have to like, how, what am I going to do with this? I'm getting it all. I'm hearing it, but then I'm actually painting too. And so I think later, because I do want to get the exact things that that's coming to me, but I think later I want to video, I want to record that, but um, it would come so fast. I just had to paint. And then I would, I sit down afterwards and I just look at what I painted and then the words come mm-hmm. and they just happen to come in poetic forms. I've always written that way. And, it, and I'm just the translator and the messenger or the vehicle and the translation from soul to canvas. So I'm just lucky to be the one that's coming through. And I, how I translate is kind of more poetry form. So, Mm. um, so it's like a message to the person's higher self or uh, about their soul. It's, it's about the gifts that they brought in. So it's, it's channeling. I Mm -hmm. get clear. Uh, Spirit knows I'm going there to work. I go in the studio and then I'm just kind of guided towards a color palette. Okay. And those are the colors I use. And I just go in and I draw, just intuitively draw, feel that soul mm-hmm. and then choose the colors. And I am as amazed at the end. I'll say, oh my God, you know, I'll just, I'll understand the soul while I'm painting it. Mm-hmm. One particular soul. I remember thinking I was so close to the canvas, not that I always paint that close, but I was doing all these details and I said, oh, okay now I get you. Like Mm. I was understanding the infinite amount. I I, I totally like almost was under, could feel like I was in her skin, you know, when I was painting her. And so I just channeled each soul, the colors, the strokes, how fast is it? How slow is it? You know, like, how do you read a soul painting? 
Is there warm warm colors juxtaposed with cold? Is it fast strokes, slow strokes? Are they curved or are they sharp edges? Do they go all vertical or are they more organic? I mean, there's all these ways to interpret it mm-hmm. and sense your energy. And when, I've only had one person out of all the paintings that did it didn't resonate. And every single every other person they it resonated. And then the poem is just another way to connect because it is abstract and and not a lot of people understand abstract art. But the words really do help connect the artwork to the person. I love hearing you talk about this because yeah, just how you're painting them every time is seems different, and you really are going into that space and uh, surrendering to uh, receiving that from spirit, really. Hey, you have to, you have to totally get out of your head mm-hmm. and it, like you do in a communication and just um, get into that other dimension and trust what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And I worked it out with spirit right in the beginning. I said, we got to have a plan. So I have an ease, I have a couple easels and I was working 20 by 20 because that was manageable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were, wanted them and I had to ship them. And so, and then I had to stop shipping. Cause I'm like, if I want to have a show, I got to save 50 paintings. So anyway, I had a system <laughs> and I would have, I would paint, you know, draw one, get some paint down, move it to the next easel, do the next and kind of move them in threes and just work them around because mm-hmm. I work with oil paint. It never really dries or, and they're actually oil sticks that handle kind of the aggressive, aggressive stroke mm-hmm. or more energetic stroke that I use. So um, I was, uh, and I was working on board. So I would just move them from one easel to the other until they kind of got my signature, which was, they were done. But, wow. um, and some, some were easier than others, like souls. Some easy, some people are easier to um, communicate with than others or energy is easier to read. Some were super open. Like yeah. I feel, I just felt you could be, I just feel you are open to, um, you know, I just feel you're open in general. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, not that you're wide open going to be like, you know, like your friends with it, but I mean, you just, um, I feel like you are quick, not that I need to tell you what you are, but I was just going to tell you what I felt about you. Go, go for it right now. Yeah. I just felt like you are, um, if you're quick to assess, like from a distance of mm-hmm. what's, um, yeah, of what's real and what's not. And then, you know, you kind of like just the kind of quick decisions and maybe it's even subconscious. You take and make a quick decision about who, if this is good or bad. And then, you know, then you kind of take a step in, but it's a good, big, hearty, whole, your word is wholeheartedly, right? So you're, mm-hmm. you take a big, big, strong, wholeheartedly step into it and kind of feel it out and see what's going on. I, I just respect that, you know? Oh, I love that so much. Thank you very yeah. much. I mean, I'm working on it. Yeah. Well, aren't we all, we're all work in progress. Yeah. Yes. But you nailed it. I am always quite decisive about what I feel is right or wrong for me. So I've always been an energy reader since day one. (laughs) So when you were a kid, I mean, so what's so yeah. Yeah, Well, just meaning like I've always been able to sense energy beyond the surface level of things. And I feel like when I do interact with people, I'm reading beyond the surface. So I think you kind of nailed that essence in me. So thank you. Um, I do want to talk about animal communication. Yes. They may seem on the surface, like wildly different things, soul portraits and animal, animal communication, but you touched on this at the beginning is that it's energy is energy and you're following your passions, art and animals. So power to you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it is my, they've always been my calling. Finally, I've figured out a way to, and, and you're right talking about in the beginning more so than ever it's it's interesting so i'll be on podcast and like talk about animal communications or soul paintings and then like 
honestly, I was thinking that in the beginning, they are the same. Mm -hmm. It's just words and talking to an animal, which yeah. I talk to an animals when I'm soul painting. I can, I have tons of uh, soul paintings of anim of of dogs, cats, turtles, Jiggly Boo, the rabbits. I got two big paintings of Jiggly Boo one and two, the rabbits, horses. The horses are gorgeous. Um, poems for all of them. I mean, it's just there's no different. It's no different. It's yeah. just words. And it's in its images. I'm glad and we the cleared two that things up. I love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. energy is energy. And, and people yeah. often wonder who may be getting new into their energetic work or their spiritual life. Maybe that seems very unrelated to them, but you and I get it that those are very much similar in that you're reading energy and trusting it. Yes. That's a very, very big part in, um, uh, developing, and I'm a huge advocate on this podcast for people developing their own Absolutely. spiritual intuition and spiritual abilities, because I don't want people to always going outside their themselves, you know, so yeah. I love to to teach that and preach that, especially on spirit talk here, trust in, in self is a big, big part of it. It's good to go out while you're doing that just to get validation because it's so empowering, right? To be yes. validated what you already know inside. And that's really what it can mean. They'll tell you some new things, but mostly it's all just validating what you already know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Let me ask you a question. Yes, go ahead. All right, I'm going to get you off your, when was it the, the moment that you decided to stop doubting yourself? Yeah, you trained and you you did all your pro bonos and your practice stuff. When was it the point when you just decided enough's enough? I've got a 900 or eight, whatever many validating communications or whatever you call them. And mm. now I'm going to stop doubting. What, what was that point for you? Because <laughs> I think that's you know, important for your listeners. I don't know if there was one point for me. It's like a very slow, gradual slow. process. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Very slow, gradual process. I'm kind of a late bloomer in that sense where I'm okay with taking <laughs> a lifetime to build these things up. And um, trust in self started when I started intentionally developing my psychic mediumship abilities, which was maybe five years ago now when I intentionally took it like a class. So that's when I really understood, okay, I'm going to have to start trusting myself. And, you know, uh, maybe a week ago, I started <laughs> trusting myself. <laughs> no, really? No, I'm just no. kidding. There's always okay. a little self-doubt there still, but it's a work in progress. But yeah, since that time, it's grown slowly over time. And I'm okay right. with trying a number of different things, experimenting with, especially yeah, when it comes sure. to spirit and building those abilities over a lifetime, really. I want yeah. to understand that it's not at least for me, going to be like, oh, here I am. I'm a perfectly evolved, whatever, reader or whatever. That's not it for me. I'm okay with Please still don't think calling I meant it that practice. Either. Yeah. yeah, no, Please I don't know. think I meant that everything is a work in pro progress. And it is. Everything, everything. Is. If you've arrived, what's the point? No one's arrived. Exactly. You know what and I mean? We have that in common. No, I think some people do think that there <laughs> is a, a point when they arrive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and they're disappointed, right? Because then they're never getting there or they're getting yeah. there and then they're like, okay, and what? <laughs> but right. um, yeah, but with uh, all that said, I do want to talk about what you did for me. Uh, you definitely had me in tears and oh. uh, resonant messages no no in good tears because you uh did a communication for my beloved pet dog rex 
And um, I'll just tell you a bit about him. He he actually was my husband's dog when we met. So I didn't know him until he was one and a half, two years old. And he really brought us together. Like our first connection, my husband and I was throwing the ball for Rex and, uh, you know, just chatting awkwardly and, you know, getting to know each other. And years later, he told me, he's like, do you know, I knew that we were for each other when you would get that nasty slobbery ball out of Rex's mouth and throw it again for him. He's like, <laughs> so, so he re- Rex really was a connecting point for us. And um, some things that you brought through were just incredible. Like he was like an emotional support for more than one person. Well, he definitely was that for my husband. He was a single man, not a, not a lot of support in his life, not a lot of family. His right. friends were his family and Rex was his everything he there was even a a newspaper article that showed a a photograph of him my husband at the time not not at the time I didn't I wasn't with him at the time but him driving through the town with Rex hanging out the window his face hanging out the window like his tongue slobbering out because he was always in his right hand seat in the passenger seat and this guy just stopped him one day and was like I gotta take a photo of you and he just did a little for no good reason a little thing in the in the Surrey newspaper let me speak to that so okay Rex please said Rex said that he was um I don't know his words he said he was literally a support like had saved his life like even like so you you the picture like if you see the animals who pulled someone out of a, or notified them there was a fire like mm-hmm. not pulled drug them out of a burning building like that's how rex described it like mm-hmm. it was life or death mm-hmm. like that was the relationship if that was and their it, relationship it's mm-hmm. interesting they were in the paper it's just you know it's, it's yeah, just interesting like it was like he said like this like life changing Yes, it was. was. And Rex's parents, so his his animal parents, his mother and father dog, uh, were actually my husband's brother, who is in spirit now, God rest his soul. The pregnancy was an accident. His his mother, whom was an American bulldog, was way too young to get pregnant. And uh, my husband, as the dog was giving birth to Rex and the other puppies, She was not doing well, and my husband, his name is Dustin, was feeding her one French fry at a time and soothing her to try to (laughs) wait to get those puppies out. And so he was there from the get-go. And some of the other things that you said about him, he had like a a smell to his skin. (laughs) And you brought that up two, three times. Well, Rex He brought it up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you weren't quite sure what what that was you're like I don't know he has a smell to his skin you you would know you (laughs) would know yeah he um he was sprayed right in the face with by a skunk one day oh my god and it was awful and we lived in a little apartment we had no yard or anything and so he had to spend the night on the patio and we were spraying him down and tomato juice and nature's miracle and all this stuff poor guy got it right in the eyes but every time he got wet for years after that i swear i could smell that skunk yeah scent. and so you and you said it's only a a smell a mother could love and so that was so <laughs> funny to me oh my goodness that, that is a... and um yeah another word that came through was stoic stoic exactly I and communication i know that in the photos i sent you like he looks stoic and 
sure any skeptic could think well yeah that dog right. looks stoked but she that's saw a, it, yeah that's a word that i literally used all the time i have it in quotes to describe him yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah i have it in quotes exactly and um he also said that he was showing you him like wearing a suit of armor and it was representative of me putting down yeah. my suit of armor and that was really relevant to me it really resonated you know I've been doing a lot of work around dropping heart walls healing wounds being more vulnerable so yep. that of course him mentioning that I'm not surprised because he was such a wise soul and he was like our little therapist <laughs> in a sense right <laughs> do you know yeah, what I and mean? he knew his job he, he basically told me he knew what he came for we knew when he came into your relationship for, mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you, well, you always get, you may not always get what you want, but you always get what you need mm -hmm. when it comes to, when it comes to your well, partners, animals, but animals, especially, but he knew what he, what he was there for. Mm -hmm. He took it very seriously. You know, his, his role. Yeah. He was serious. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about it. You getting a smaller dog. Does that, did you, did you ever, did you do that? What, we what's... have a dog now. I do feel that Rex brought him to us. There was a lot of sure. synchronicities around it, but my kids have been really begging for a small dog. So oh, really, yeah. cause he was talking about that and he's all kind of like, Oh, well, she's thinking about a wiener dog. When I'm like wiener, like, you know, a dachshund, a dachshund <laughs> or something like that. He just like met like a small dog or he's like, but he definitely said short hair. But is that true? Yeah. Like you like short haired dogs? Yeah. Yeah. I do like short hairs dogs. Um, Our dog now, Bodie, is strikingly similar to Rex, even in his colorings and whatnot and his breed, not in his temperament at all. And he's one of my greatest teachers, this dog. I tell you what, yeah, he tests my patience. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yep, yeah, they... there's another dog coming. I feel it. A oh, smaller well. one. So you nailed it. I feel like Rex Rex knows it. But you know, that's what animals are here for to, to slow us down, bring us into presence. You know, there are Zen masters. And uh that time you spend on the floor, you know, playing I feel like it's the only time, unless you're, if I'm meditating, and even then it's in and out that I'm truly present, truly, truly present where I'm, mm -hmm. or if I'm painting, I'm truly present. But when I'm with an animal and, you know, like I'm playing with the cat or I'm petting the dog and interacting, like mm -hmm. it's, you know, you're unaware of the sounds around you. Uh, time goes by before you know it, it's 10, 15 minutes, you're just interacting and you're literally in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And that is, they, they do that for us. That's their gift. They do. Eventually, the, the second book I'm writing is about creativity, but the third one, I think, will be Animal Wisdom. Um, but I just learned something touched every time I meet a different soul, a different consciousness, a sentient being, and the animals. Um, they're just so enlightened, and um, they're also different. Like, some are quiet. Some take longer to get to warm up. Some are super talkative. Mm -hmm. Some are um, just so subtle, and they make you, you know, be a better listener. Um, it's just, it's just interesting, like, mm -hmm. you know, how you meet them and which one leads to the next. And I, we've had 24 rescue dogs and our, uh, mine and my, uh, spouse have had 24 cause we rescue all different ages. So if you get one who's eight, you know, it's going to live a shorter time than one that's two. So we've had six, we've had six at one time. We're now oh. down to three, three, thank God. But six was a lot <laughs> for a long time, yeah. but I have uh, one in particular, a terrier that's just always helps me. She's always helping me clarify and tell and reminding me to just um, when I communicate, be specific. I just want to talk to Rex. I love all of you because there's <laughs> lots that lots on the other side that want to communicate. And honestly, Brandy, they just want to be heard. Animals in general, living and not living, they just want to be heard. 
And sometimes if there's an issue, a peeing issue, a biting issue, whatever, they just want to be heard. Sometimes that'll take care of it, just communicating. Other times I they'll tell me what they need. Or people always want to know why, and I'm not sure if the why is important. I don't know if the why is ever that important. I think the solution is the the most important. So animals are not caught up in the why so much as like, here's what I need. Mm-hmm. You know, I need this. I need you to do this, this, and this, please. And they're always, you know, they're always kind about it. But and and it's then it's up to the guardian. So I get the information, I give it to you, and then it's up to the guardian to um, follow through. And I I do the my best to help them do that, but. That's that's where the healing happens if you follow through with what your animal suggests that you right. do. Yeah. So people are able to work with their living animals through you and learn from them while they still have them in their homes. That's beautiful. Yeah. And beyond, right? Or not sure. in their homes, like if they're not a right. domestic domestic animal. But right. yeah, and beyond, like in my case where you're reading up uh, right. um, Rex, who, who's been gone for nine years, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. So, so he was just right there. Like you, like I called him or I said his name three times and he was right there mm-hmm. and his head was so big. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it didn't seem, I didn't feel like it was that big, but he was just like right there. It just felt like his head was larger than the rest of his body. It is. I, it was, I don't know yeah. if it was, but I was like, yeah. dude, your head is big. We always you know? ma- marked on his um small shoulders and paws for his head. So yeah. Head. yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I felt like. Yeah. yeah. And then you, I told you about the, I don't know how he passed away, but he told me his eyes were cloudy. And if you didn't notice it, they would have been, mm-hmm. he talked about some things. They about were starting he, to get cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. About how he passed and, or like things that were wrong with him, which, you know, you know, I guess if you x-rayed any of us, we'd have lots of things. It doesn't mean we have pain from it. We've got, you know, do a CAT scan mm. on anyone and, you know, we got stuff, but how did he pass? You know, it was a little bit of a mystery. He was okay. He was totally regular. Well, maybe a couple of weeks prior, we noticed he was feeling a little sick, a little off. Uh, we had our first son who was only one year old and he, Rex wasn't all that thrilled about that. He didn't, he wasn't the child loving kind, not that he would do anything, but he was just kind of a little bit disgruntled that our son was number one now. <laughs> and um, so, you know, we kind of chalked it up to that when he wasn't feeling great. And then he bounced back. He was fine. He was only ill for a few days and he not nothing too much and then one day I was walking him and I noticed he was sick and he was lethargic and I phoned my husband and I said something's up with Rex I don't know what's wrong and he just continued to get worse that evening and the next day we took him into the vet and we put him down in one um, day he was I just gone. felt like when you said that because he didn't share that with me how but I just felt I told you that the symptoms he showed me but I just felt when you said that that he got into something. Mm. Mhm. Something some kind of The vet but, um, but he got some some information we weren't going to go too in depth right. because he was so ill but that there was a lot of fluid in his body cavity. Mhm. So um yeah, he deteriorated very, very, very quickly. He showed me the jaw, mm-hmm. like being eating something like in the neck, to, I told you, to the chest, mm-hmm. like something in there was dark, dark. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess it doesn't matter what it is, but he, he just showed me that, that, and his, he did mention his paws were sensitive. Yeah, his paws were sensitive. If we touched yeah. him, that'd be the one time that he'd not put up with us like he would always pull away his paws oh, um wow. you know the little fur that was between the pads if we stroked that or pat patted that he didn't like it so huh. we were careful around grooming yeah 
Oh, he's Thanks. so Appreciate cute. <laughs> Which one? Did you the see doggy, one? I did see him, the oh, little black okay. dog. Ziva Bogart. He's 15, that one that just went out. First he threw up, then he went out. Thank you. Um, hopefully he threw up more out there, but you know, it's, um, yeah, he's 15. And then we got Charlie and Ziva. Uh, two of these I found on the street. Oh, um, I and I mean, I took him to the shelter. No one claimed him. And actually, Charlie had a chip. Um, his name was Reno and no one claimed him. Aww. And all our dogs from the shelter. Anyway, they're amazing. It's amazing. funny because it's like all worked out by the universe somehow because like you're the right person to find a dog on the street. You know what I mean? It's all divine <laughs> oh, timing. <laughs> well, you know, there was a time growing up where I was finding one a week and it was too much for me. I was just because you like, you know, the, it's it's happening on the street and you go in the street and so you make the wrong move and the dog, if something happens, the dog gets hit by a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? You put yourself in danger. So it's like for a while there was getting one dog a week. It was wow. crazy. It was, wow. I was getting, got a Cocker Spaniel. I got this, but, and we always get, which is weird. We always get these breeds, these adorable dogs. Like we had a Westie, a Karen Terry. I mean, all these, like, they're like, oh, where'd we're, you, we're, we're, I said, we don't go, we don't believe in breeders, but they're all just, I mean, That's we just, so like, funny. we don't look for them, but yeah, what people would pay thousands of dollars and you're just finding yeah, them don't on the me, street needs don't a get new me started home. on breeders. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. well, we took them, we brought Charlie in, it was raining. We brought him in. I gave him a bath. I gave, I fed him, played with him some, and then I'm like, well, maybe we should take him to the, to the, to the uh, shelter in case some come, he's got a chip and someone, you know, if I lost my dog, please return him, you know, so I have a chance to get him, you know, bring him to the shelter. So we brought him and he was there and no one claimed him. And then I had, and um, they're like, well, do you want to put your name on him? And I went, uh, yes. And I shook <laughs> my head no and said yes, because we already had I think five at the time or maybe four. Anyway, we ended up adopting him. There was like 10 names on it. We were the first one. They were all waiting for us to get say no, but he's um he's a he's a light in our life. Yeah. He is just uh, he is a lover. He is a B A B Y. <laughs> he is a B A B Y. Let me tell you. Well, that's incredible. Well, uh, I think we'll call it there. I, I've enjoyed talking to you so, so much, and you, you have well. so much to offer. And I love your passion, and I'd love to speak to you again sometime on Spirit Talk. Please. How do people find you? I'd imagine there will be some people very interested in soul readings or animal communication. How could they work with you? Okay. Well, first, can I just say, please, Um, you know, you know, have you written, are you, do you have a book? I don't know if you do or no. Okay. Well, anyway, anybody who's writing a book, you know, it's all different now. Um, the publishers are like, you have to have a following. So please oh. find me on Instagram. Um, okay. At, it's my website, Harpspace, like Headspace, but my last name, H-A-R-P-S-P-A-C-E, harpspace.org. And um, I have soul paintings on that website and the animal communication. So you can just fill out a form and, you know, ask questions. Or if you're interested in a soul painting, you can do it there. I also have a like professional art website if you're looking, interested in, I mean, my art's on both, but then NicoleHarp.com. Amazing. So and your book Harp is called? Space, uh, Colors of Consciousness. It's volume one, 50 soul paintings. Oh, um, but yeah, I'm sure that'll <laughs> be on Amazon soon. But um, Okay. And you're working on your second book? On creativity. The agent said that she thought there was better use of me. And um, so I'm working on a book on how to access your creativity and uh, your true calling. And it's, it's a book on creativity. So I am here for it. I can't wait to talk to you when that Always. comes out. Oh, thank yeah. you, Brandy. Thank you so much. And all those You're will sweet. be in the show notes. People can click on the link. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Peace. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Have a great day. Okay. Talk to you soon. 
Hey.